0: The Lord be with you. And with, and with your, your spirit. Spirits. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark.
1: Glory Amen. to you, O Lord.
0: After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the Gospel of God. This is a time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They, too, were in a boat, their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat, along with the hard men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. right. I've got a quiz for you this morning. Are you ready? What's this? A Bible. Okay. You're doing okay. You're doing okay. This next one's a little bit trickier. How about this one? Also Bible. God, you guys are good. Okay. It was a trick question. Fair enough. Two Bibles, same book, containing the same books, both Catholic Bibles, even the same translation more or less, and yet very different books physically, right? I mean, this one, you've all seen one more or less like this. It's fancy, it's nice, it's leather bound with better binding than we usually have. The pages you can see are edged, trimmed in gold. It's the kind of thing that you keep on a shelf, in a secretary or a cabinet, maybe on a a home altar. Right. It's the sort of thing that you would keep in the prayer space of the family home in it. It's got both the page where you write down who it was presented to you by and on the date, but then also space to record baptisms and confirmations and weddings and first communions and ordinations and and funerals. It's like the sacramental register we keep here at the parish, but for your domestic church. This guy's different. He's not fancy, he's floppy, and this one costs like 100 bucks and this one might be five. It's cheap, again by design, because it's meant for use. It's been dog-eared and tabbed, you can see that, there's all kinds of notes written in the margin. This is what we give our kids in the confirmation program when they start. It's what we use with our older kids in the school. It's a study Bible, not only in the sense that it's got helpful footnotes to tell you what's going on, but because it's the kind of Bible you're meant to actually study with and not just keep on a shelf in a pretty place at the home. Both of these are important. Having Bibles like both of these is important. We had one of these in my house growing up, still do. It's the reason I had to borrow somebody else's for my visual aid. And it sits in the secretary, that that sort of wood display case where mom would put her most prized possessions. and, And because those were often religious objects for us, it was the place where we would pray as a family, apart from grace at meals. Later on, after I was ordained a priest, I was able to celebrate mass on that secretary for my mom when she was dying in our home it was precisely because this book sat right in the middle on that top shelf next to the holy stuff that I knew this book was holy. Nobody had to say it. They showed it. Years later, obviously, once I could read and then read better, I needed to get one of these that I could actually flip through and write notes in and ask questions about. And believe me, I've burned through dozens of these in the course of, Of seminary and priesthood. Both are important. You need the freedom to be able to really dig into the text, but you also need to be able to treat this text with real respect. I want that kind of vision that the Word of God is living and effective, that it is holy, that it is divine. I want that to be held in one hand with us this morning and that the Word of God is really earthy and human and comes out of real people's mouths and goes into real people's ears and gets printed on real news scrap like the sports page, I want that to be held tightly in the other hand because we need both if we're going to understand the place of the Bible in the life of the church. Several years ago, Pope Francis declared that this Sunday every year would be a Sunday dedicated To the scriptures, dedicated focus uh, on the place of the Bible in the life of the church. But he very tellingly didn't call it Bible Sunday or Scripture Sunday, even though that might have been better from a marketing perspective. He called it the Sunday of the Word of God. And this is because for we who have met Christ Jesus, God's Word in the flesh, it is not possible for us to separate God's Word in the flesh in the person of Christ Jesus and God's Word in the text, in the written Holy Bible. If you want to understand the Bible, you need to know Jesus. This is critically important. It's especially important for those who who can't quite fathom the Catholic Church's relationship to the text. Friends, the first generations of Christians had no Bible. There were no written Gospels. A few of the communities had some of the epistles, but they didn't read them in neatly organized sections. They'd sit and read the whole of the epistle of Romans to you one Sunday morning and then have to take a break before you could celebrate the Eucharist. (laughs) People came to believe not because they read a story in a book, but because they heard that story proclaimed by eyewitnesses and by people who knew the eyewitnesses and whose lives had been transformed. By the experience of the one who was dead and who came to life again christ jesus is the word of god made flesh he is truly god and truly man as we'll say in the creed in just a few moments and so god's word in the text is likewise truly human and truly divine sometimes i think we misunderstand How divine inspiration works. We think it's some sort of dictation model. As though God said to Moses, Moses, write this down, would you? Okay. In the beginning, in the, is there a comma after beginning? It's not like that. That's not what we think is happening. And that, frankly, would be really disrespectful of the human person. This is, just as kind of an aside, this is the impression of some Christians around the Bible. It is the almost universal impression of of Muslims around the Quran. But it's not the way the church has ever understood the sacred text. These words are truly divinely inspired. God did something in the authors of the sacred text that he has never done in me in any of the bulletin articles I've written you. So I could write you letters from wherever, and they will never matter the way that St. Paul's did. And they shouldn't. God did something in the sacred authors. So God is present in these words in a way that he's not in any word you or I will ever say, save his own. And yet they are also really and truly the words of the individual authors. So that Jonah today becomes a player not only in his own, but a whole other people's salvation. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the text tells us. And then we skip two and a half chapters and and Jonah finally gets to the city and does what God told him to do. But in the chapters that we skipped, that's where all the fun stuff happens in Jonah's story, right? So God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach repentance. And Jonah doesn't want to preach repentance because he doesn't want the Ninevites saved. He wants them to die because he hates them. And so he goes as hard and fast as he can in the other direction and winds up on a boat. And then there's a storm. And so they throw him off the boat. And then do you remember the next bit? Oh, okay. <laughs> so we get swallowed by the fish and 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 and, and rests in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. And then the fish or the whale vomits him back up onto the beach. And then only then, after having refused to do God's word over and over and over again, then he goes to the city and preaches repentance. And what happens even the animals begin to fast even the beasts of burden begin to repent he becomes the greatest preacher in the whole history of Israel he becomes a real author of the story that bears his name just as much as God is this is good news for us because well Our Protestant friends will often poke and say, you Catholics, you don't know the Bible. It only sits maybe in a shelf uh, in your living room or something. Um, But we can spit chapter and verse upside and and sideways to you. Um, We just don't do that. We don't read the scripture that way. It's not that chapters and verses are a problem. It's a helpful index to find things. But the words are meant to live inside us, not in a text. So we're meant to memorize them. We're meant to keep them in our heads and in our hearts and maybe somewhere deeper still so that then they can come back out in the moments when we really need them. We see Jesus doing this himself. He quotes the Old Testament all the time because he knew the scriptures himself, not only because he was the author of them, but because he'd repeated them so much in the worship of of the people. Our worship is similarly designed in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's right there at the end of St. Matthew's Gospel. The Lord be with you, right there, Book of Ruth. Virtually every word you say when you come to church is Scripture. Apart from the homily, virtually every word the priest says when he comes to church is Scripture. The Mass is really just a kind of symphony of scriptural hymns that have been stitched together over a long period of time so that together the word that God spoke to the patriarchs and prophets of old would become our words. That the word of God would come to reside in the words of men and women. And even that, even that is not enough for us. It's not enough for the scriptures to live inside us in an intellectual way because we've heard them. It's not enough for the scriptures to live inside us in a kind of spiritual way because we've assented in faith. No, no. Even as the word was made flesh ages ago, so the word takes on flesh today. So that Word of God Sunday is not only a celebration of the scriptures proclaimed, but the scriptures incarnate, as the Lord Jesus makes himself present in the Holy Eucharist. So that every time the church gathers for Mass, we don't just say scripture, we live scripture. We don't just learn the Bible, we're still living the Bible. And that's important because it makes demands on us, It means we need to take very seriously the lives that we live throughout the week, and it means we need to take especially seriously what happens when we come here. Because make no mistake about it, something far more profound than uh, easy morals or basic ideas about the world that are meant to make things function better are made present here. The God of the ages... The one who bound up Leviathan and cast him into the sea. The one who bounded the stars in their courses and set the outer bounds of the earth. The one who spoke to Moses from the bush and scared the literal hell out of the people at Mount Sinai. That God makes himself present again today. So by all means, read your Bible, whether it's a floppy one or a pretty one. Or just on your phone. Speak the Bible. Let especially the Psalms become your prayers so that the Word of God becomes your words. But more importantly still, live the Bible. Live God's living Word. Encounter Him in the Blessed Sacraments and let Him penetrate not head and heart only, but blood and bones."